Welcome to the Grace Hill Podcast, a weekly podcast of our Sunday messages driven by our pastor, Michael Norman. Grace Hill exists to bring God's biblical truth to your everyday life. As we begin this week's message, we invite you to open your Bibles and capture what God has in store for you today. Good morning. What a joy to be with you and to be here during this season at Grace Hill. This is not an unknown season to God, and it is not an unknown season to any of us in this room. And yet it all comes, how many of you felt a little emotion when they baptized these kids? Dad, with his son. And how many saw, you know, the... And some aren't fun at all. And some are good and some are useless. Yeah. So I want you to remember that because um, worry is the excess emotion that remains after all reasonable measures are taken to safeguard either your family or your personal interests. And like anxiety and fear, worry is an emotion that derives from the appraisal of threat. And so here we are, here we are at Grace Hill, and Michael and Tamara stand up, and they tell, and what comes against us is this, this appraisal that and the threat lies in this indefinite future, okay? See, worry usually isn't about today. Worry is... Um, and worry, now listen, I said it was what? What was worry? Now there's another one just like it that's useless, and they're the two sides of the wooden coin. Guess what's on the flip side of the wooden coin? Guilt. Yeah, guilt. See, worry looks at the future, guilt looks at the, oh, isn't that interesting? And so what do we try to do when worry and guilt come? We try to change the past and we try to change the future. Good luck. How many of you have done well with those two? The two sides of that wooden coin, the worry and the guilt. (laughs) And they're useless even though they face different directions because worry sees the threat and the disaster at every turn and guilt looks behind imposing self-blame for perceived misfortunes and disappointments. Vicki and I made a decision to go to North Carolina and to pastor a church uh, in 1999. And when we made that decision, uh, you say, well, how come she did that? Because Vicki is always worried. So Vicki, when she was a kid, would take her 
money for the lunch finally got to the place where you pay for lunch and then she turned in her money. But she was always of her life. She uh, lived with that. And, and so here she is, that counting of the money. And then she, she talks to me about how she was worried nobody would marry her. Or that she would be late for her wedding if someone did decide to marry her. And she always was afraid that there wouldn't be enough money. She, she, would, she, would always, she always had that concern. Uh, and, and then she was worried maybe she wouldn't be able to have kids. And then she thought, if I do have kids, I, I, I'll probably drop them in the, in the washing machine. <laughs> Come on, how many of you have had some of that stuff? Thank you for being honest. I'm going to be late for my funeral. And, and we, I'll never forget, standing out. Well, she was worried she'd be late. And sure enough, the hearse broke down on the interstate. <laughs> and so my wife talks about Grace Hill. And here's what it says in the book of Joshua. Book of Joshua. And just go to Verse 1 of chapter 1. So this is the book written by Joshua. So he's talking about himself. And he journals, and I want you to listen to me, because there is one way for you to help with worry, guilt, and with emotions. I would encourage you to journal. I would encourage you to get it out of your head and down on paper. I would encourage you to write. I would encourage you to write. And to put some things down on paper. And that's what Joshua does. And he says this, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the loud you can't hear God. Now, there's a great, great story there. He had lost his hearing. He had lost his hearing. And he could not, the doctor was smart enough to uh, listen to him sing. And he said, just, just hit your loudest note. And he checked the sound level, and he realized that the sound level of this man's voice, who sang in the opera, was so loud that literally his own voice had destroyed his hearing. Yeah. And I, when I read that, and I heard about that, my, my good friend Mark Batterson was sharing that, and he told that story of that situation there and I looked it up and I studied it and I realized something that sometimes we can't hear God because of the deep deep sound the rushing train of our own worry the jet aircraft as a matter of fact the decibels of that man's singing voice was somewhere up there in uh, aircraft range can you believe that it's amazing. But that's our worry sometimes. Come on, how many have heard that roar? Hmm? You hear it, and it deafens us to the voice of God. And we say, where's God in this? Where's God in this? And God is speaking. Now, let me tell you something about God's voice. God normally in the Bible doesn't shout. Every whisper of God. And so when the worry is so loud that, that we can't hear it, I've given to you, just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, I will be with, 
Okay, so we can rewrite this, okay? To uh, Austin, and, and so here we are, and there... And worry is common to us all. Josh was taking over, and God's having to tell him, I will be with you, just like I was with Moses. I will not leave you, nor... This is really important. Be strong in what? Now, why is God having to tell Joshua to be strong and courageous? Well, it's pretty simple here. He he was worried. He was worried. He he says, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded. You do not turn from it to the right or to the left. Now, this is very important. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Worry about getting prosperous. Isn't that interesting? We don't worry about focused on the word of God. It says here. You will make your way prosperous and then you will have good what? Success. Do we worry about success? No, we worry about failure. But here it says you'll have good success. Isn't that interesting? Our worry, no wonder it's so useless. Do not be frightened. Say that out loud. And do not be dismayed. Go ahead. For the Lord your God is what? With you wherever you go. Say it again. He's what? So you see, here is this thing of worry, this dismay, this frightened, this, but be strong and courageous, strong and courageous. And here we are today, and we're in this room, and we're looking at this, and I just want to give you a few things that I think could be... She's afraid that my son's going to put her in an old folks' home that doesn't have parties. (laughs) She tells him that. She tells him that. So it's Joshua's turn to lead the children of Israel. And very soon it's going to be Ryan's turn here at Grace Hill, and it's going to be Michael's turn at Glad Tidings in Austin. And there is something that comes against all of us, but it also comes to the people that are sitting in both these congregations, both here and there. So guess what? They're just like you. They don't know what to think of him. So it was with the people of Israel. They weren't sure. Like he didn't come from Harvard. So you know, you know Michael. You know Michael because most of you came here because of Michael. Most of you bought into Michael. Most of you were there with Michael. And he talks about, I was there when you were born. And I carried you and I held you at the World Cup. See, you got all that. You got all that. (laughs) That feels pretty good. The other guy... I heard he's never pastored before. <laughs> Neither did Joshua. Neither did Joshua. Joshua never led three million people before. How many of you would say you would have worried? Yeah. And so here we are, 
And we see this and we understand this. And I want you to grasp this because in this first chapter of Joshua, we witness this leadership transition. And this is what we're experiencing here. So here's what I want to give you. And I want you to grab this, okay? So it's in your notes and I want you to fill it in. Worry is common to all. So there's a great book by Susan Jeffers. It's called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. <laughs> Isn't that a great title? Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And she says we fear three things. We fear events. Oh, I, don't, I, I couldn't speak in front of... <laughs> we fear events. We fear different states of mind like rejection. What if they reject me? What, what, what if I get embarrassed? What if I embarrass myself? What if I end up regretting what I've done, okay? These are the things we fear. We fear this stuff. So we fear events, we fear states of mind, and we fear we can't handle what we're facing. I just don't know that I can face it. I just don't know that I can do it. I just don't know that it's possible. And so we get these worries, we get these fears that come, and they come into our life. But the information that will transform our life is waiting to be seized. Did you hear me? The information that will transform our lives is waiting to be seized today. All the wisdom you need today is within your reach. Say that with me. All the wisdom I need today is within my reach. Yeah, it is. You say, well, where is it? It's in God's word. God has it. You see, people say the opposite of faith is what? Doubt. But that's not true. That is not true. The opposite of faith is certainty. The opposite of faith is when you have it all figured out. Now, this is as good as you're going to get it. I'd write it down. <laughs> See, you, if you think faith is doubt, then you're going to start looking for outcomes instead of living in an outlook. We don't live in outcomes faith. We live in outlook faith. What did we sing about today? The never ending. And 60 times in the Bible, it talks about the hased. The hased is the follow me. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Just because Michael leaves doesn't mean good with his love. God is the one who says it will be yours forever and ever, and I will follow you. I want you to grasp that. What are we hearing there? What we're hearing there is we 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 wide. And he left and I pray, no, 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 no. It's not an outcome. It's an outlook. It's this realization of what God promises. It's this realization, this, these, these, this, these inseparable twins of fear and worry that come and, 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 and it jumps on our back and terror comes and it paralyzes us. And here's Joshua. And, and the first thing he has to do, what's the first thing he has to do when Joshua gets in there? God says, why don't you march around Jericho for seven days in a row? And the last day, march seven times. So here's these people, and they've got weaponry, and they've got all this other stuff, and who knows what all. And here they are, say, I don't care what you see, the walls are coming down. 
then we have to, you say, well, what am I to do? Listen to God's word. God has not given us, what casts out fear is the constant love of God. God is so loving that fear and worry is just a useless emotion because how can you have fear and worry when you're walking in the love of God? So this is an opportunity because I want you to understand something. Because some of you think that the book of Job is a wasted book. The book of Job is not a wasted book. The book of Job is a book to help us understand how to walk through what couldn't be any worse. Nothing could be worse than what Job went through. And I'm here to tell you, he came out the other side and God was still talking to him. And God was still there. And God made him closer. He was closer to God when he came out. I tell you that all that matters is my love. Oh. Worry calls to us from yesterday. And, and listen, don't fall into the dreaded, dreaded drama triangle corner of the victim. You are not the victim. You are the victor. How are you the victor? Because God's love is yours. And by God's love, you can overcome whatever. How? By co-creating with God. By co-creating with God the future. And we can co-create our future within the love of God. Even Now listen to me. I don't care what you're facing. The ultimate face of death is not we co-create our future. What's our future? A city of gold. Why does God make it a city of gold? He makes it a city of gold because it shows the ultimate power and wealth is there and it's the city we're going to live in. And here we are on this earth and we're trying to figure out how we're going to make it and how we're going to do this and how we're going to do that. And God says, listen to me. My love is so great. I'm building for you a city that's made of gold. And so you live for Amazon. Someone said they, where they work for Amazon and the wealthiest man in America is now the man who owns Amazon, $141 billion. And when you stand in front of a city of gold, it's, it's just dust. It's just dust compared to a city of gold. And that's where we're headed. So even the worst that can be thrown at you according to this earth is no longer has any sting and there is no victory. Why? Because I'm headed to a city of gold for the rest of eternity. I think three of you are getting it. So here we are on this earth, and we made, and so this, just yesterday, I flew home from Montana. And Friday, I stood with 450 people in the room, and my 56-year-old cousin, who died, and there were firemen in the room that had come from the city because of the impact she had in the community the things she had done for them. And, and there were people in the room of all kinds of, all different backgrounds. And, and I want you to understand, I want you to understand, it's the outlook, it's not the outcome. It's the outlook because it doesn't end. And, and so when we, when we think, if we're not careful, we get wrapped up in this worry. We get wrapped up in all of this stuff. And here we are because worry calls out to us from yesterday. And we get gripped with the would-haves and should-haves and I shoulda, coulda, woulda, and all of this other stuff. And we get worried by it, you know, and worries won't, it won't change my personality. Well, if I was wired different, if I was just somebody different, and no, 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 you don't understand. He made you the way you are. Here you are in this place and he makes you the way you are. And I want you to see this. So look at this, look at this. It not only calls 
from yesterday, but I want you to understand that it will take the destructive part of worry. God will take the destructive part of worry and he'll shape it into prayer. He'll shape it into prayer. And I want you to see this. So what does he say in Joshua 1, 6? Be strong and courageous. Joshua 1, 7, be strong and very courageous. Joshua 1, 8, be careful to obey. Joshua 1, 9, be strong and courageous. There's this. There it is. It's laid out for us. It's laid out for us three times, strong and courageous, very courageous. And once just obey God's word, just obey God's word. Here have I not command all day, every day. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good. But what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life? Now that I'm reading that, sometimes the message, this, this contemporary version just says it so well. Down he becomes, he displaces worry at the center of our life. And that's what we are to do. All in our mind and our body. The operating system is our soul. And when the soul is in the presence of God in prayer, the soul is refreshed and this operating system when it's healthy now the body the will and the mind are healthy what worry does is it steals your health it steals your joy (laughs) fourthly worry calls to us from our future and that's what's happening today it's calling to us from our future what's going to happen to grace hill what's going to happen here what's going to happen in my life so I want you, and if you've got it there in your notes, read it with me. Go ahead, read it with me. Do not be what? Nor about your body or what you will put on. It is not life more than, is not life more than food. So, nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not me how I clothe them? What are you worried about? You're worth more than these. <laughs> Therefore itself, <laughs> isn't that the truth? Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. In other words, do not worry about yesterday. Do not worry about tomorrow. We only, what? <laughs> well, here we are today. What do we need to do today? Pray. That's it. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And when we worry about tomorrow, we live ahead of ourselves. We spend emotions that we don't have. And God has measured the worries of our tomorrow and he's measured them out with prayer. He says, if you pray, I'll take them away. And you are not worried about worries tomorrow. Look at your onto our present. But we want to be rid of that. How? Because everything is within. Where is it? Where do we reach? Where do we reach that they sang earlier? This reckless love. Prayer. You say, how, do I, how can I get to God? How can I take prayer? <laughs> you, uh, he, didn't, he didn't say to them, there's, there's generational curses over you and we got to take care of that. Never do you see that anywhere. He never says anything about, hey, you don't know what you did and now you got to pay for it. Never says that. Matter of fact, there's a woman who comes up, sneaks up behind the crowd, just touches the hem of his garment, and the power goes out. And after 12 years, she's healed. She's a pickpocket. She's a pickpocket. Reach. Some of you are saying, Sam, there's some stuff going on in my life that's bigger than even stuff that's causing you worry. And how many of you got the flip side of the coin, guilt? He wants to remove your guilt just like he wants to remove your worry. And we would be sadly mispassed. You see what guilt does? It robs you of the ability to reach and touch Jesus. 
that I'm dealing with. And uh, there's some things that I need to give to Jesus. And that's what we do. We give him our guilt. We say, forgive me. I receive your mercy. I receive your grace. I believe the cross where you paid the price. Listen to me. You don't come before God when you reach to him with your report card. You come to God the Father with Jesus' report card. And some of you have been trying to bring your report card and you need to lay your report card down and you need to pick up the report card of the cross where Jesus won victory over death, hell, and the grave. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Grace Hill is always about knowing God and growing in God. And we want to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or a question, you can email us at info at gracehill.cc. 